Hello and welcome back to How to Pretend to Like Sports. I'm Monica Woodhams, your host, and this is episode 95. That means that we are five episodes away from 100, duh, but I'm doing something really exciting for episode 100. I'm already doing a little teaser about it on my Instagram. And speaking of Instagram, this might be the dumbest thing I've ever done. I started a new Instagram account. It's at Overshares by Monica, and I did a whole real on why I did this. But I mean, my account at Monica Woodhams that I've been using for literally ever since Instagram existed as my personal account and also for blogging things. And I have about like 10,000 followers over there. So you'd be like, why are you starting this from scratch? This sounds bananas. But the backstory here is I used to be super consistent with Instagram. It used to be something that I really focused on. At the peak of that, I was doing like three to four sponsored brand deals a month. It was so consistent. My engagement was super high. I would be getting like 500 likes at least for a post. And that was like on average, the usual. And during this time, I probably had like 17,000 followers. But here's what happened. I was doing so much on there that I got really burnt out of it. It wasn't bringing me joy. I was like, why am I posting outfit pictures? Like, that's not fulfilling. I just got so burnt out of it that I just took a total hiatus from Instagram. With that, it meant like I wasn't engaging with other people. I wasn't posting new content. So obviously Instagram was like, this account is toast. And the other thing that really added to that is that I lost a ton of followers. Understandably so, why are you going to follow an account that doesn't do anything. So I dropped maybe like half of my followers. I think it ended up going down to like 8,000. And then I've now since brought it back up by like 2,000. But one of the things that I don't know if this is true, because there's always so many rumors around the Instagram algorithm and all that. And I try not to pay too much attention to that because you're just going to waste your time spinning around in circles on what is true and what might not be true. And that Instagram algorithm is against you and and I just don't believe that it is I think it's just trying to do the job of a social media platform anyway what I think is when it sees a drop in followers of that magnitude that's signaling this is a bad account this isn't an account to follow so then when I started posting again on Instagram my reach was so low I was doing like everything under the sun that I knew to do on Instagram Not only that, I was like researching new tactics, new trends, all the things to try to get it back up. And in two years, I haven't been able to get any traction on it at all. Like my reels do great, thank God, because that's how I've been monetizing Instagram at this point is through reels. And so I do get a consistent paycheck from reels each month, thank God. But when it comes to my stories and my posts, absolute crickets, there will be days where I will post something on Instagram and get seven likes. And I know a lot of y'all have felt lower engagement from Instagram in general, but I'm telling you seven likes. So over the last year, I've been going back and forth on starting a new account or not. The positive about my current account, even though my reach is so low, I'm still earning money from reels. A new account, I have to work my way back up to even be able to monetize reels again. 
and I'm starting from scratch. And I think there's kind of like a little bit of an ego thing there where it's like, oh my gosh, now all of a sudden I have 30 followers. But what finally made me do the switch was I just felt energetically like that old account just had so much frustration, so much change happen to it that it kind of felt exciting to do something fresh. And I always felt a little bit restricted on what I was doing over on that platform because I was like, well, I don't want to do this if my audience is used to me posting this and I can't afford to lose even more followers because the algorithm is already doing weird things to my account. Whereas starting fresh, I feel like I have a lot more freedom in testing out different things and not having to commit quite yet to what exactly that account is going to be. So that's been fun. It's only like five days old. It's over shares by Monica. That again is where I'm going to be posting these little snippets of an exciting announcement that I have when it comes to the podcast for episode 100. So that's what's going on in the Instagram world, but let's get into sports. I finished season five of Drive to Survive. It went by so fast. I don't know if it actually has the same amount of episodes or not as it usually does, but for some reason it felt a lot shorter. Key takeaways, um, I really need a travel show with Matthias and Gunther where they just like travel around Italy, eating food and chatting and all the things genius for Netflix to kick off the first episode like that because that is now the spinoff that I think we need. I also thought it was funny how truly everyone has acknowledged at this point that Gunther is truly the star of the Netflix show. He is the perfect personality to not only be in the role that he's in because it is a team that struggles. The way he expresses those struggles are so authentic that it's just perfect for a sports docuseries. This is also the season where Max Verstappen came back and dedicated actual time to Drive to Survive and working with Netflix. And I'm sorry, but he might as well not have been there. Anytime that they interviewed him, like doing the chair interviews, he provided nothing. It was like everything was the most one sentence neutral response that's not an opinion. It makes me think that either this guy has all the opinions in the world and knows if he says one thing he's going to come off as a just such a jerk or he's one of those people that has literally such a one track mind and is like a driver and nothing else and has no other thoughts than preparing for a race. It's one or the other. There's no way that there's in between and that he's like leaving those interviews being like, man, I wish I had really shown up more. I just don't get that vibe. But the timing is so perfect for Drive to Survive to have come out because you have time now. If you've never watched F1 and you finally want to get into it this season, it starts this weekend. So you can literally binge watch this and at least have context on who these people are. Because I'm telling you, having the context of who these people are, their stories, what their relationships with the team are, and knowing the backstories of how the teams are working, what the drivers are wanting out of their relationship with the team, with their teammates, all those things make race day so much more interesting. And if you are curious about the race this weekend, so it's three days, but the big day that counts that like you probably would want to sit and watch is going to be obviously the last day where it's the winning race. I'm sure there's a different word for that, but leading up to that is qualifying. So that determines where 
the different drivers are going to start on race day. Obviously, you want to start at the front, but depending on the track, the circuit, even more important to start at the front because there's circuits like Monaco where it's next to impossible to pass people. So it's kind of like wherever you place during qualifying is probably going to be one or two places above or below where you finish on the final race day. This weekend, it's in Bahrain. And again, the final race is on Sunday and it's going to be at 9 a.m. Central Time. And before you're like, that's so early, so many times these races are at 6 a.m. Central Time. So this is one that you can actually wake up and watch live and just like have a slow Sunday morning and have it on even in the background. That is my favorite thing. I'm so excited because it's such a nice Sunday routine. I like make my coffee and it's like a nice little me time thing. So I've really grown to love it. And I think everyone should give it a try. And I think the 9 a.m. is the best one to give it a try because if you have like no interest in it, you are not going to wake up at 6 a.m. Or you're going to wake up 6 a.m. and then you're just going to fall asleep. Because that definitely happened to me at first when I would turn these races on. And before, like, I truly understood what was going on. Obviously, it's just cars driving in circles at 6 o'clock in the morning on your TV. So that is, like, a recipe to fall asleep. But this 9 a.m. is a good way to kind of slowly dive into that. The teams to watch this weekend are going to be Mercedes, Red Bull, and Ferrari. I've mentioned this on past podcasts, but Ferrari had a very tough season last week. They had a, last week, last year, they had a great car. They have great drivers. They had everything lined up to have a really strong season and honestly for Charles to win the championship, but they made so many strategy mistakes that they just couldn't get there. And with that, the principal, Matthias, the guy who I said, should travel the world with Gunther. He got let go and Alfa Romeo's principal has now come over to Ferrari. So that'll be interesting to see if they make any mistakes on Sunday There's or this weekend. I would say from what I've seen, the first race and even you could say the first couple races, things are still a little bit finicky because the drivers are still figuring out the car. Because if you remember last week, we talked about preseason testing, which was only last weekend. And that's the first time that they're actually getting in the car and getting the first round of data to actually know how it is performing and being able to adjust their strategy based on that. So those three that I mentioned, Mercedes, Red Bull, and Ferrari, those have been the strongest teams over the last few years. So that's why those are the ones to watch. As far as the mid-tier, there's been a lot of movement in drivers for those mid-tier cars. The shakeup of those mid-tier cars will be interesting because those drivers have kind of moved around. So you'll see that with McLaren, Alpine, and Aston Martin. Also, speaking of Aston Martin, I think Lance Stroll is still out. He broke both of his wrists during a cycling accident, turns out. I think last week I had said... He had just gotten injured in a cycling accident, but turns out both wrists. And if you're a professional driver, you probably do need both those wrists healthy, which makes me think about how I broke my wrist in cheer in high school. And to this day, if I'm on a long road trip, my wrist hurts to really hurt. And I, <laughs> this is so dorky, but I have to put on a brace if I know I'm going to go on like a 16 hour road trip. So just a mat, and that's like me driving at what? 70 miles an hour like a grandma down the highway so just imagine having two freshly broken wrists going like 
200 miles an hour, 20 laps around. Risks are going to be critical there, especially with bouncing or as we learned in Drive to Survive, it is called porpoising, I think. Anyway, hopefully this wrist heal fast because as a fellow injured wrister, I get it. I feel for you, buddy. Okay, other things going on in sports this week. This week, there's the NFL Combine. The NFL Combine is basically the last chance that NFL hopefuls have to show the scouts, the coaches, everything left that they have in them to prove themselves to those teams. I know parts of it are televised now because people get all excited about like the 50 yard dash, all those tests that they do. So I think NFL Network probably has them going on every day over the next few days. I think by this point, a lot of these teams know who they're looking for and have done their due diligence, but this is like probably that additional proof to be like, make sure he is like as healthy as he was and all those things. And then the draft itself is going to be in April, I believe. I think it's in Florida this year. What I do appreciate about the draft lately is that it has been trying to bring us all pretending to like sports people in. I have legit cried during the draft when they get the phone call and you just see their reactions and their family's reactions and you can tell it's a genuine like life-changing moment just waterworks sobbing like two three years ago Taylor Swift released I can't remember if it was a new song or a new video during the draft and obviously every Swifty showed up to turn on the TV for that so the NFL knows what they're doing when it comes to trying to bring in the audience. And I think they're doing it right because how am I going to say combining the NFL with Taylor Swift is a bad idea? I will never say that. I think it's best case scenario. If you ask me what artist should we bring on to collaborate with the NFL, I'm not even going to think twice. Obviously, it is Taylor Swift. Who else would be a better choice? So yeah, so this week we have the first F1 race of the season. NFL Combine's going on. This is the last week of regular season basketball games for college, which means we are so close to March Madness, which is always fun. And I think that's another pretend to like sports moment is you can not, you can not watch one game of basketball, but still have so much fun participating in having a March Madness tournament bracket or even just going and watching those games because those games are always so fun because they're so unpredictable, which is the beauty of it and why everyone gets so engaged. But before we get to the tournament, we have to, this week, get through the rest of the regular season games. I'm going to the TCU game tonight against Texas. It should be a good one. I mean, if we almost beat Kansas last week, then I think we have a good shot at beating Texas this week. And then next week is going to be the start of the conference tournaments. I try to always go to the Big 12 tournament because it's in Kansas City. So I just stay at my parents' house or when I lived there, I would go and they live like 10 minutes away from where the games are played. So it's always so easy to get last minute tickets and they're always so cheap by the time you're buying last minute tickets. Completely undecided if I'm going to go or not. I don't know why I keep thinking it's so far off and now it's next week. That's next weekend? I don't know. I need to talk to my parents about if I come. Maybe I just drive up for like two days or maybe I just hold off and I drive up or one of the actual tournament games because they do do like the, the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 and all that in Kansas City as well. Now you're just getting my inner thoughts of hypothetical planning. You're welcome for that. But anyway, so once we get through conference play, then on the 12th, Sunday the 12th, which is also the Oscars, if you know when the Oscars are, you can know that the Oscars happen on the same day that they release the tournament bracket. So, so I think it's called Selection Sunday, but yeah. 
Oscar Sunday equals Selection Sunday this year. And then you can start making your bracket. Should we do a how to pretend like sports bracket this year? I always want to do it. I actually tried to do it last year and had like an, such a fail when it comes to my email marketing system. There was just too much going on. And so it just didn't happen. Should we do it this year? Maybe. Let me know. Go to my new account, Overshares by Monica, and DM me there if you think that we should do the tournament bracket. Right, that's what we have going on in sports this week. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. I would appreciate that so much. And you can also follow me on the TikTok at How to Pretend Like Sports. And as I've mentioned 20,000 times, unshamefully, my new Instagram account is at Overshares by Monica. All right, I will talk to y'all soon. Next week, of course, weekly episodes, Lida. Um, but have a great week.